0: you mindful mamas, and welcome back to another episode of the Enlightened Hood Podcast, where I share real motherhood stories and empower the soul of the mother through mindfulness and spirituality. I'm your host, Lena Lemos. I don't know about you, but it's only Wednesday. The full moon's on Friday, and I feel like I'm already feeling all the full moon feels. The full moon usually makes my head kind of wonky, you know, like the tide coming in and out, almost like that. And today I've just felt like super weird. So if you're feeling it too, let me know. (laughs) Before we get into today's episode, I just want to mention something that I referred to in Monday's podcast episode. If you subscribe to our newsletter, I've been mentioning it there. If you follow me on Facebook, you've seen it everywhere and on our Instagram. But I just want to clarify a few things. So if you've been paying attention, you've seen something called Enlightenedhood TV. And this is coming in November and it's our membership community. And I realized this week I had a light bulb moment that calling it Enlightenedhood TV is just fucking confusing. And I'm really sorry for that. (laughs) So I originally came up with the idea Enlightened to TV because it was my idea that this membership was going to be a way to consume content that was empowering, inspiring, educational, and a step up from the content that we usually consume, i.e. TV or social media. So that's where the name originally came from. But I think it's confusing compared to like what it's grown into. So, for right now, I'm just going with it is going to be the enlightenedhood membership. So, what is this membership? It's going to be an educational platform. So, it's a monthly membership where we are going to show up, do self-development work together, and each month is going to have a different theme so we can really connect on a level where we're growing together and working through things together. And I think that's a really beautiful and important thing because we're all in different places in our mindfulness journey and we all have different strengths and different things that we're comfortable with. So stepping out of those comfort zones, that's where the magic happens and doing it together and a support system is just, I'm so excited and I really hope that you'll show up and do the work with us because... There's really such power in sisterhood and connectedness and this community-based growth. The Enlightened Hood membership is also going to house this really rich content library. So whether you want to watch videos on yoni eggs or do a divine feminine meditation or download a gratitude worksheet, you will find all of that within this membership. And then we're also going to house masterclasses made by ladies in the Enlightened Hood community. So this is going to be continued learning to further your growth on your own time and really just help you level up. And then something I'm really excited for is the mentorship program. So we're going to be able to pair up women one on one. So let's say you're just starting out on your mindfulness journey or you need a little help to work through something. You can pair up with a woman who's kind of kind of owning her shit right now. And she's going to help empower you and guide you and really be there to hold your hand through the next few months as you continue to grow and blossom into the beautiful butterfly that you are. So we are crowdfunding because up until this point, I have built and funded this entire thing by myself, but I want to build it right. I want to launch it right. I want to create the curriculum right. And we need money to do that. And as hard as it is asking for money. I decided to start a crowdfunding page so that people can help invest in this platform, get it running. So I'll put that link in the description of this episode. It is also in the link in our Instagram bio. It is on the iFundWomen platform because this is a platform built by mothers for mothers. How cool is that? And the Enlightened Hood membership platform will be built entirely by mother. So I, I just think it's such a beautiful thing. And I really hope you'll consider contributing or just sharing the mission because time is a ticking and I feel stressed that it's not going as fast as I anticipated, but you know. from a few people can go a long way and do much more than you think. So again, please share. I will be forever grateful. Please help me build this platform right and this mission right. And I'm so excited to continue to support you. But anyway, on today's episode, I am talking with Dula Leanne Arias, and she specializes in Chinese traditional medicine. And I don't know about you, but I always love learning about the Eastern medicines because they just... They make so much more sense to me and I'm always more likely to go use that as the foundation for healing or the starting of the healing process because I've just had such bad experience and almost lost hope and I don't want to say that but in western medicine and I just really wanted to pick her brain about the foundation of Chinese traditional medicine and again I don't know what's happening with the full moon but I kind of sound like I'm underwater in this episode uh, but again you know you guys it's been a really long time since I've had a technical difficulty and it's really not that bad it kind of just so- sounds like talk radio which is kind of soothing to me because I can just think of my parents listening to NPR in the background and so anyway you, you you might not even notice it, but to me, I'm really a perfectionist, so I know the content is more important. Anyways, I'm keep rambling, see what the full moon has done to me. It has made me like a cracked out crazy person. But anyway, <laughs> here's today's episode and Leanne, and I hope you enjoy it.
1: Was Chinese medicine almost just kind of a certain branch that you could take in terms of the values of
2: that? Or how did you, um, how did you incorporate that into becoming a doula? So I was, um, I did my Academy of Healing Nutrition certification a couple of years ago with a concentration in traditional Chinese medicine. So it was all about health and like learning about the cycles and how to eat with the cycles and different, like, um, the, the temperatures of food and how each body, each constitution is different. And as I was going more in depth with that program, I really wanted to help mothers. For some reason, mothers were always something that I wanted to take that and help. Because I always felt like if you can teach a mother through pregnancy how to eat well, you're not only healing her, but you're also healing the baby and keeping that baby, you know, on a routine that they're used to eating this way. So that when they get older, so it's kind of like breaking the cycle of eating horribly and all that stuff. So I wanted to, for my end of the year project, wanted to do um, a paper on that, on like how to eat. While pregnant, but I wasn't pregnant at the time, and my professor like was like, "No, you should try to do something that you can like you know do through your own experience." And it just didn't feel right because it kind of just felt like it had to be written in this particular way. Um, so I did a regular uh, paper for the sake of the course, but I then went on to get my doula certification, and everything just started to like morph together when I started learning about like the physiological parts of um, birth and not just the stuff that we learn on the surface. Like, you know, we all don't really know um, what labor is all about other than what they show you on TV, right? Yes, yeah.
1: <laughs> I think that was one of my, I don't want to say regrets, but I wish during my pregnancy I would have had gone be- below the surface. But mm-hmm. I think I just had such a terrible first trimester, and I was so sick that by the time I got
2: to the second, I'm like, okay counting down the days, you know? <laughs> yeah, yeah, I hear that. <laughs> I hear that. I definitely hear that. I had a, a couple of mamas that had a really rough first couple months that it makes it difficult to really, like, embed yourself in the process because your body is just, like, all yep. over the place. You're tired, you're sleepy, you're, you know, it's a lot. It's a lot to take in. So what was it about Chinese medicine
1: that drew you in and made you stay?
2: Well, I had really debilitating knee pains And for years, I'd be going to my doctor and they'd be like, oh, just take ibuprofen. And I'm like, why what's, Why am I getting these knee pains? I really want to know what's the root cause of it, because then I will just stop doing it, whatever it is, or, you know, work around it. And every doctor would just give me a higher dosage of um, ibuprofen. And I went to an acupuncturist and I was like, hey, these are my problems. These are my symptoms. You know, you know, what can you do for me? So they started doing um, acupuncture on my knee and explaining like what points that they were using because apparently in Chinese medicine, your kidneys are, um, they are the governors of your bones and that's where I was getting my pain, it was in my bones. So because I was getting um, um, my knee pains, say hi. Is that your Luna? That's my Luna. Hi Luna. <laughs> Hi. Oh she's so sweet. Thank you. So um where was I? So I uh went to see the acupunctures, they explained everything to me and I started doing the regimen that they had um prescribed to me, which was ginger tea with red dates. So I was like, okay, I have to warm up my kidneys. These are all the things that they were prescribing me. And lo and behold, it's been since I was twenty three, five years and I have not had any pain wow since. So it was the only thing that really finally got it for me. Oh, so then
1: it opened your world. And so where do we even start with Chinese medicine? I mean, I guess the foundation is what we're putting in our bodies, right?
2: Uh, It's all about learning how to be in a cycle. Um, So each, you know, there's the circadian cycle. There's the cycle of, you know, the different, um, seasons and how that correlates to us and how we're embedded in it so everything around us is going through a cycle we are also going through a cycle so what are you eating in the summer are you eating things that are really warming or are you eating things that are really cooling and seeing how your body reacts to these type of things because at this moment we're supposed to be eating things that are like going to disperse our energy and help us sweat and help us release so are you eating those type of things you know like um my um, Chinese uh, medicine professor always used to say, you know, people don't want to drink ginger tea in the summer because they think it's hot and they should be drinking it in the winter. But really, that's like the complete opposite of what you should be doing. You should be drinking a lot of ginger tea during the summer because your body is already trying to detox mm. and expel things. So... I have that problem. I don't want to drink hot
1: things in the summer. It does. It seems backwards almost.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah, but you we don't know as a, as a whole, as a society, that what we're doing is actually hindering our body by doing that. By adding more cold things into our body, when we're hot, we're just creating more heat because our body is, in Chinese medicine, there's this thing called false heat. So you're so cold that your body's doing the, the opposite reaction and it's causing mm-hmm. you to be like sweat and feel um, fatigue but if you were to actually put something warm in your body your digestion wouldn't have to work as hard to keep your body warm because your body has to be at a 97 degree temperature at all times
1: mm. what do you think the biggest thing when you learn that it just blew your mind of just like broke all down all the barriers or things that we had learned with western medicine
2: um honestly it was just like that like things can be that simple that just Mm. by looking at an herb and it looking like what it like so for example carrots look like eyes and they're good for your eyes if you know that like if you find out um uh walnuts are good for your brain and like those type of things it was like wow like it doesn't have to be that difficult to eat well and eat for your body if you just know what to look for
1: Mm, mm hmm so For all of us who are just stuck in the grind of the words in medicine and putting band-aids and popping pills to kind of mask these symptoms, where do we even start with kind of healing our bodies from a, from a Chinese medicine point of view?
2: Understanding yourself. I always say like, what is your body telling you? What are you craving? And those types of things are like, are clues to what your body is, is, is needing at the moment. So, you know, you're craving chocolate, maybe you're deficient in magnesium. Um, you're craving hot sauce. Maybe it's because your, um, your liver needs to be released. You know, there's different things that we can find out. Um, I'm trying to think of a website that I really was using for a really long time. I mean, you can just go on any like Google search engine and just type in what it is that you have and then put TCM at the end of it. And all the Chinese medicine perspective comes out of of it. And you can learn a little bit more about your body, how your body correlates to the weather and things like that.
1: So how working with postpartum clients, how has it been incorporating Chinese medicine? What has their healing process been like?
2: So for the postpartum part, I kind of merge a little bit of my own culture, and my own background, as well as my Chinese medicine background. So for us in Puerto Rico and Dominican Republic, we do this thing where for 40 days we do not go outside. So we're indoors. Um, and then when you dig deeper into that, actually, there's um, a lot of cultures around the world that have done that. Um where they've been at home and the mom doesn't really do anything. And what that does is that it allows the mom to do a complete overall of healing. So her body right now is trying to, you know, either still release what it needs to release, as well as contract everything that it needs to contract. And your body's basically open. Um, if that's, you know, understandable. Mm-hmm. So right now what you, you're trying to do is close it. And then in Chinese medicine, there's this, there's only three times that a woman can heal herself. That's on her premenstrual cycle, on her first premenstrual cycle, cycle uh, during after labor. And the third one is be- right before menopause starts. So these are when your body are is, is able to really um, absorb all the things that you're giving it. So in Chinese medicine, there's this thing where you're only eating and and drinking ginger, like everything that you're eating has ginger because ginger is so healing, not only because it's anti-inflammatory, but it's also very warming and it's going to create this thing where it doesn't allow wind. So in Chinese medicine, there's this wind. Um, and Spanish cultures, we have that too. It's called viento, And basically we don't want any wind to get into your body. Cause if, as soon as you have any kind of wind, which is kind of cold air, I don't know um, how it was for you when you're postpartum, but I remember I ended up having to have a C-section at the hospital and I was laying on the, on the, the bed and I just got this sudden like chill that entered me. And I was just like,
1: Where's my ginger
2: tea? I was like, oh my goodness, it's about to get into my body. And I was like freaking out. I was like, relax, it's not that serious. I'm like, no, I could feel it. Like it was almost like my body just got this sudden whiff of cold. And I was like, no, we're not doing this. Um, but yeah, just um that is something that's really important in Chinese medicine. Just being um completely off of your feet. So for 40 days, you're not doing anything. You're not washing your hair, you're not um, moving around, all you're supposed to be doing is being fed. So you're supposed to have someone that stays with you for those 40 days. Usually it's like a mom, some type of family member, your community members, uh, for in modern day, your postpartum doula stays with you and she cooks for you. And it's basically about you. And I feel like, um, in our culture, we've forgotten about that. Like it's all baby, baby, baby. And I obviously we are like obsessed with our babies, but we can't be the best mothers to our babies if we're not taken care of. Mm
1: -hmm.
2: And that's basically what traditional Chinese medicine wants. Um, How I I incorporate traditional Chinese medicine into the postpartum practice is just remembering that mom needs to be healthy first and foremost. Hmm. So
1: what kind of other self-care? I know you mentioned acupuncture. Are there other things similar to
2: acupuncture that um, Chinese medicine um, incorporates a lot of? Um, yeah, so there's acupuncture, there's acupressure, which is mm. something that you can actually do at home, um, where you're just literally just massaging acupuncture points. Um, there's cupping. I actually have my own self cupping machine at home. And basically it's like a, a cup that has like a little gun attached to it. And you kind of like just take the air out of it. That's completely like at home stuff. But if you go see someone, there's actually these big glass cups that they use fire and like it suctions up the, Whatever is embedded in your in your bones or in your muscles. Um, so I don't know if you've ever seen Phelps when he had like all mm-hmm. the the marks on his back. So basically, what that does is that it removes any like cold or any bruised areas that are in the body, not necessarily on the surface, but like deep rooted. Depending on how dark the colors are, that's how deep or how long you mm. have the, tra- the, tr- the trauma in your body. Wow.
1: I have, I got a few cups, I think a few years ago, but I didn't do it long enough for it to help anything. <laughs>
2: How, what were the, what were the colors?
1: They were blue and green.
2: So those are deep, cold wounds.
1: Yeah. 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 It did help a little
2: bit because I always had like bad neck and shoulder pain. hmm Yeah. Oh, goodness. Yes. I can definitely imagine because mine at one point was like purple like midnight purple so I've definitely oh so bad yeah but I've
1: always been drawn to the more alternative healing definitely Mm -hmm. so when I cupping was one thing that I discovered I was trying to look because I hate taking any kind of ibuprofen anything so
2: yeah cupping I I I would do cupping before I even do massage because I feel like it's like an almost an out word massage Mm -hmm. it's like pulling all the pain out instead of pushing it back into the body yeah
1: do you think it's in terms of cupping is it better to just leave it in one place or have it go over the skin kind of like
2: personally i just don't like the whole over the skin movement stuff just leave it in place let it do its thing (laughs) (laughs) but there are people who really enjoy it not necessarily
1: Mm. are there any there's a lot of like it seems with Chinese medicine that it's a lot about what you put in your body, but is there Mm -hmm. anything about, I mean, similar to meditation or mindset or any inner soul work that's incorporated in Chinese medicine?
2: Oh yeah, absolutely. So there's like this, there's a a theory um, called the Shen. So your Shen is actually housed in your kidneys. So if you have a weak kidney, um, excuse me, your Jing is in your kidneys. And if you have a weak Jing, um, that it's hard for you to have a bright shen. So your shen is your spirit. Um, So jing is basically like your life essence, just your vitality. And you don't get, you only have it as soon as you're born. You can't add to it. Um, It can be depleted, but it can never be added to it. So all we can do is just try to keep it at bay. Kind of like savings. You kind of have your savings account. You only dip into it when you absolutely need to. But we are in a culture where we're constantly drinking coffee or drinking alcohol or not sleeping or doing all these risque things. So it's hard for us to keep our our jing. And they say if you deplete your jing, a lot of like the different signs that you can pick up on it is like your hair. You lose your hair. We have a lot of people with, you know, that are bald. So it's like, you know, societally, we are, you know, hindering our kidney essence. So that's definitely one of the organs that I personally know that in my family um, we've had uh, kidney problems for a really long time that, again, the kidneys are also the governors of your mental health. So if you have a weak kidney, you'll usually feel a little spacey. Um, Eventually, if it's gone for a long period of time or you're chronic, um, you you get Alzheimer's or some type of dementia. Mm. Um, and that's something that runs in my family
1: interesting so do well Chinese medicine does each body part kind of have a manifestation of um something less
2: tangible yeah so your lungs are where you hold your grief so if you haven't like grieved properly sometimes you'll get asthma you'll get like a really hard cough um your anger is housed in your liver um, if you know, if you drink, a lot of people who drink, where does it go? It goes into your liver and what happens? You get and you get your muscles. Um, uh, what else? The heart is joy and a lot of people don't understand, but if you're like too joyful or if you're too robust and too happy, you can give yourself a heart attack. Mm. Um, so different things like that. Those are, um, some really cool ways to kind of understand, um, even like certain, you know, Dispositions that you may have, it could really be because of a uh, an unbalanced part of you know your body. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's what I've been dealing with because I've had so many weird, so many weird
1: postpartum issues that have been very inflammatory and infection based. And I was reading Louise Hay's book about healing your body and how, and all of the manifestations were anger based. Like, wait a mm-hmm. second yeah. i'm not i don't think i'm angry and then it made me <laughs> and then it made me do this almost like deep-rooted inner work and then i was talking to um layla who was on one of my previous podcasts and she was telling mm-hmm. me how maybe it's not just me but kind of the collective consciousness is angry and frustrated mm-hmm. right now and almost just a manifestation of how sad I am about humanity and might not necessarily be me personally which made me feel a little bit better but still <laughs> I think ever since I've been on the spiritual journey I will always first look at what's on the inside versus the spiritual cause of something versus of the physical cause
2: yeah I just gotta chill <laughs> so yeah I absolutely agree I, I definitely feel like it's what's happening collectively because collectively we've had a lot of things going on i mean and like you said your anger probably isn't yours probably an ancestral Mm -hmm. you know baggage that you're carrying from someone else like it's so insane because for so long like i would watch different things like mulan and i would see different things like that and i'm like are our ancestors really with us at all times and then i started learning about epigenetics and i'm like no thirsty like your ancestors are in you like Mm -hmm. at all times like what bothered them you carried with you, mm-hmm. and like it's insane, yeah, super insane, especially when you find out that at five months gestation, not only was I carrying, and you were carrying your baby, you were also carrying your grandchild at the same time, because mm-hmm. at five months, your daughter has all of her eggs in her. That's crazy, is not that enough, so what you were going through during your pregnancy not only affected her, but it affected your grandchild. <gasps> My poor grand Isn't that insane? <laughs> it's probably not that bad. <laughs> just kidding.
1: But yeah, it, it really is mind-blowing. And I feel like if we were more conscious of this, would it affect how we think of ourselves more and how we treat others? And I feel like we, we're, we too often just forget how much it's going to affect the generations. I
2: definitely definitely I hear you on that a hundred percent completely agree I feel like if a lot more of us were it, it comes with the, the the rat race like you said earlier you know like we're in the hustle and bustle like how how can we grab two minutes to ourselves and it's making a choice like okay am I gonna wake up a little bit earlier to give myself those two minutes to speak to myself mm. have a little meditative state or have a little prayer or have my cup of coffee that i don't have to you know watch tv just sitting and enjoying the moment of sipping my coffee um i feel like if we got more back to that and like really remembering to be with self that a lot of things that are going on right now wouldn't be going on
1: Mm -hmm. i completely agree with that and (laughs) it's so hard because i feel like i don't know if you feel the same way that there's people in your life who could so benefit from those two minutes and as much as you want to try to push it on them and just say, you know what, you would so benefit just from <laughs> taking a few breaths that it's still just so I don't understand. I mean, I can see why it's so hard, but then I also don't see why it's so hard.
2: Well, it's hard because think about it, it depending on how old they are, how many years of their life have they not done it? Mm-hmm. And then you're, you're literally like recreating a new pathway in your brain to create a whole new habit. Yeah. You know, this this thing called neuroplasticity, like, okay, you have this thought that you want to do something, but that thought is a completely different neurotransmitter connection right. to that thing, you know? So it's like, it is hard. It's yeah. literally like your body has to physically change itself to do this right. thing. You're mm-hmm. literally rewiring it, so it is a difficult task, but it's not undoable. Like you can do it; everyone can do it. Right. You just have to make the choice. Yeah, and all it takes is two minutes. Mm-hmm. That's all it takes. It really does take two minutes just to like really breathe, even just like a deep breath. Hmm a real full deep breath, I feel like could definitely do everybody
1: justice. Right? I saw something on Instagram I was looking at earlier and it was just a post that said, stop, breathe, take your ears down from your shoulders, unclench your jaw, relax your face, breathe in, breathe out. Okay, now you can keep scrolling. And it's like, wow, that was so good because you don't mm-hmm. you don't realize how tense we are and how much tension we hold, and how much that really just affects us walking around every single day' just tense and stressed and
2: crunched. Yes yes, absolutely. I um I've been like learning about like your chakras and ch- chakra systems and how different things can be embedded into different chakras and um, think about it if you're just here, you're just on the first three chakras and you're tense you're not even you're not even in a in a happy place Mm -hmm. so it's not even like you're enjoying it you're just at this this level you're not grounded right so a lot of us aren't grounded and we're all over the place because we're here we're like this and we're constantly on our Mm phones. so it's just being able to like that i've seen that um not exactly that one, but I've seen something where it's, like, unclenched jaw, and I'm like, oh, yeah, I didn't even notice I was doing yeah. that. I do that in my sleep, and then I realize, I'm <sighs> like,
1: oh, God, how different oh my life God. might be if I didn't sleep with so much tension in my face. No, seriously, absolutely. Yeah. With the chakras, do you find that, like you said, that a lot of people are just really dealing with the upper, that... um we're missing the lower half that I don't even know where I'm going with this, but I guess since (laughs) I spend so much time outside that I think I spend a lot of good time with my root chakra and grounding and, but it's hard when we're so fast paced, we're on our phones, we're we're not spending that same time outside that we did historically. And then we also almost live in, the social media age with the comparison culture, so our self-worth and our self-confidence is out the window, so right there, the the two grounding foundational chakras are
2: already just so messed up. i I feel like there's so much going on on all of our chakras that, for a lot of us, especially if you're like in the spiritual community, that we're completely like bypassing the work that we need to do on our lower chakras Mm -hmm. Um, and we're all like oh I just want to feel good and I want it to just be this you know all love all light all Mm -hmm. positivity forgetting that you could do that that's totally fine but also knowing that you have to do the work and to figure out what within you is creating whatever your life is I feel like For me, for example, I was very angry. So I wasn't you where you're like, I'm not angry. No, I was angry. (laughs) I was super angry at everybody and everything um, for a really long time. And I just had to really sit with myself and wonder why. Because A, I wasn't drinking alcohol like that because I don't even drink. So it wasn't a liver (laughs) problem. It was just, I was carrying a lot of tension in my chakras. And then when you learn, okay, so. Your root chakra is is grow or it is what's the word I'm looking for? Is developing when you're zero to seven. So those are the years that your 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 root chakra needs to be nourished and fed. Um, what's your root chakra? Your root chakra is your security. Within that time frame, I think I moved from zero to seven, I think I had already moved maybe like seven times. Mm -hmm. So I had no sense of security. There was no foundation for me. So I was constantly on the go, um, go up to your sacral chakra. Your sacral chakra is developing from seven to 14 and so on and so forth. Um, and just learning that, okay, well, my sacral chakra, what are we doing for our sacral chakra? That's our sex. That's our sex organ Mm -hmm. from seven to 14. My, I, um, didn't have my father in my life during that time frame, literally from seven to 14, those were seven years that he was out of my life. That's when your sexual energy is learning, um, growing and enhancing. And you learn that that's where you kind of got the foundation of who your partner is going to be. And I was having like really crappy partners at one time and just learning, going through each chakra and kind of just realizing like, okay, Wow. And then you're learning about traditional Chinese medicine and learning like, you know, it's not just this. It's also the food. It's also the emotion that you're carrying. It's also and it just you start sitting back. Well, me, I start sitting back and I'm like, wow, like if more people knew about this, you know, like, wow. Mm -hmm. how Not even simple because it's not simple work. It is really deep, hard, traumatic, triggering work. But wow, do you learn so much about yourself? And I feel like because I had my daughter, so much of that stuff was opened up for me. Yeah. I had a lot like trauma. I couldn't, I couldn't, I couldn't give birth to her because my pelvis um, was tilted forward. So there was no way I was going to give birth to her. I ended up having to have an emergency C-section, but you know, I was open on a whole nother level. You know, I was not just opened in the time, in the terms of a portal trying to bring her here, but I was also opened artificially. Mm -hmm. So a lot of stuff came up for me that I was just like bombarded with. And I don't know if this was the same for you, but I kind of was just trying to integrate everything and try to like, not only balance the fact that I am now a new mother to a newborn and having to add that to my life not only am i playing a whole new role as mother but holy crap i never dealt with all this stuff that came out after Mm -hmm. yeah i feel like i've talked to
1: a lot of mothers who've had a very similar experience that motherhood just kind of tore open their soul in the best way and Mm let the light in and made them yeah face some really Mm -hmm. heavy stuff but really Set them on a really amazing spiritual awakening, Mhm,
2: it really is. It could really do a number on you, but if you're aware enough if you're like present enough, you'll see the messages that it's it brings with it
1: mm-hmm.
2: I and when I follow actually put up something the other day that motherhood is shadow work, and I'm like, yes, it most definitely is,
1: yeah, I love that, <laughs> mhm, that's completely true. And then going back to what you said about everyone in the um, spiritual community, just wanting everything to be love and light. I, th- I feel like that's true, too, where especially where spirituality is becoming much more mainstream. We're all about signs from the universe and let's work on our third eye. But you're right. And we don't even think to start with the root and the foundation first. And that's probably what needs the most work.
2: Hmm. I mean, you can't build a house with a roof. No. You gotta build it with a foundation. <laughs> yeah. And I feel like we all—it's so crazy because I don't know. I was speaking to one of my girlfriends, and she was trying to do something with music and chakras, and she's like, "You know, what chakra do I start with?" And I'm like, "The root. <laughs> I mean, you start with the root, girl. Like you start from the bottom, and then you come up. Like it's we're not going up and down. It's—it's it's easy to try to like want to be intuitive. It's easy to want to." have this bliss of we're all connected that's why we have you know psychedelic drugs that get you there Mm -hmm. but it takes a a person who has a lot of uh, will who has a lot of strength to go at it without the psychedelics that doesn't take you to that blissful state that makes you kind of just sit with the gunk and the gross Mm-hmm. because when you when you get out of that moment you really do feel like a lotus flower like you really do finally get to that conscious thousand petal you know nirvana that we're supposed to reach when we get to our crown chakra mm-hmm. it's like you know it really does give it that extra like yes yeah but like the lotus we have to have in the mud yes we do we got to go through it mm-hmm. and I, it's so funny because i was i had a live last night and we were talking about that I, For the millennial generation, we've had it pretty good. Like, so we've always felt entitled to have it all the time without, with little to no effort, especially now with the social media and internet and the age of information. It's like, yeah, guys, you gotta put in a little work. Like, it's just not gonna come to to you just like that. You have to put in some type of effort yeah. for it to come back
1: you can just google it
2: <laughs> <laughs> i know seriously you cannot google your healing piece sorry
1: <laughs> oh my gosh that's so true i never even thought of it that way but it is yeah uh, and i have so many peers that are just much more scientific based and spiritual based and just that, mm-hmm. some of the things they they're just, they're so quick to go to something for instance, one of them is having extreme back pain and so, so quick to just go to surgery. I'm like, but there's there's so many things in between that could help you tremendously, but just because we're so, it's, it is interesting that almost the dichotomy between the millennial generation, because we still have the traditionalists like science, science, science that I have no evidence, and then there's the us on the other side they're like hey <laughs> and almost the clash between the two but it will be interesting to see if
2: how we infiltrate each other almost it's so funny that you say that because for me i feel like if it doesn't have both it's not correct yeah like i feel like you can be completely spiritual but in that spirituality there can still be some scientific proof in it. I, um, I had an, uh, an, an event recently in New York City where we were talking about sacred geometry and sacred geometry to me was basically like the scientific method to understanding spirituality. You want to understand how the world works, energy, frequency, vibration, us being connected to one another, consciousness, you know, the creator you kind of have to know the scientific basis that it comes from. It comes from something. It comes from satanic solids. It comes from the phi ratio. It Mm. comes from Fibonacci, you know? So I don't feel like it is one or the other. And I feel like that's where we kind of got lost, is where we decided to remove everything into its own specialized category. I feel like if allopathic medicine was like the witch doctor back in the day, where they looked at the whole person, not just the symptom, a lot of, you know, like you said, this person wants to get surgery. Maybe what part of the back is it? Is it the upper back? Is it the lower back? Is it the middle of the back? If it's the upper back. It might be just stress from work, financial issues. You know, is it that? Could you like maybe backtrack on your stress? You right. know, could you stretch? Could you get up? Like there's so many, like you said, there's so many things you can do before you get to that point. Mm-hmm. But because we have disconnected that. Yes. It's, just one or the other.
1: I completely agree with you. And I'm so happy that you said that because you're right. It's like there's science in all of it, but it's seen so much as woo-woo and disregarded and somehow got lost along the way that, and it's so frustrating even to tell someone who doesn't accept the science of spirituality and say, look, I have scientific proof and they're still just like, nope.
2: Mm -hmm. (laughs) Mm -hmm. and it's so crazy because well not crazy not that it's crazy it's just it's no it is crazy it's crazy that people don't realize that this was information that we've always had information that was this was information that the clergymen were having you know that they Mm -hmm. kept behind closed doors Yeah. because they don't want people to have this information you know they wanted people to be under some type of control some type of rule they knew that they could you know control things with their mind how would they be able to control you how would they be able to keep you in this you know Mm -hmm. this docile state to be able to do things and tell you things and you know put fear and scarcity and all this stuff and limits you know to our reality yep amen to that Mm mm-hmm so I love
1: to end this podcast with words of encouragement for anyone out there who might be having a bad day or needs an extra pick-me-up. So what are your words of wisdom yeah. to end off? Yeah. <laughs> Those are good words of wisdom, Luna.
2: <laughs> she's cracking up. She thinks she's so funny. Come here. Um, my words of wisdom don't forget your power you hold a lot of power no one can take that power from you they can try but no one can take that power you can shift your reality with any one decision every decision that you decide on today is your choice you can change your perspective you can change your reality you can change your location but you're in charge
0: Thank you for listening to the Enlightened Podcast, a movement that empowers mindful motherhood and celebrates every journey. If you would like to be part of our community of amazing and soulful women, find us on Instagram at Enlightened Hood. For real motherhood stories and inspirational articles, you can check us out online at EnlightenedHood.com. And as always, don't forget to subscribe, review, and share this podcast. Until next time, you mindful mamas.